Hello and welcome to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Ruby on Rails. Ruby on Rails. Ruby on Rails. Ruby on Rails podcast. Today I'm talking with Scott Raymond, Dave Thomas, Rick Olson, Jameis Buck, Amy Hoy, David Heinemeyer Hansen, the man behind Rails. Did you get all that for the podcast? So it's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. As promised, it's been about a year. I thought it would be appropriate to talk to the guy who started the Rails podcast, Scott Barron, so you'll hear from him in a few minutes. I'm going to be in London, England, August 10th and 11th, teaching a Ruby on Rails workshop. Learn about the basics of Rails, test-driven development, plugins, and the new and upcoming features of Rails. Go to carsonworkshops.com for the details on that. A couple months ago, I promised to donate hosting referral money to the Seattle Ruby Brigade and to my surprise, it's turned out to be a little bit more than I expected, but I'm an honest person, so we're going to start this out by flying in a member of the New York Ruby Brigade to speak at one of our monthly meetings. If you're in New York City or anywhere in New York, send me a proposal to boss at topfunky.com. Tell us what you would talk about if we were to fly you out here. On August 1st, we will look at all the proposals and choose the most interesting one, buy you a plane ticket for later this fall, and you'll get to visit beautiful Seattle, Washington, not to mention all the members of the Seattle Ruby Brigade. So it's been about a year since the Rails podcast started, and here's the man who did it, Scott Barron, now a member of the core team, founder of the Rails podcast, and currently working for Joyent. So how'd you get the idea for the Rails podcast? Did Hanwar Hansen suggest it, or did you suggest it to him? I think at the time I was listening to the Coffee Geek podcast, and I thought it might be an interesting idea. And you kind of got to watch yourself around these Rails guys. You put out an idea, and then you get PDI'd, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much what happened there. Please yeah, David uh, thought it was a good idea, so PDI'd me, and uh, I guess it went from there. You were stuck. Yep. See, my whole motivation is I you, you did a few, and I loved it. I thought, that's great. And then it went like a month, and nothing happened. And so I said, well, maybe I should do something about it, because <laughs> I want to keep hearing of these things. It was interesting. Just, uh, you know, kind of got busy with work, and I've got the face for radio, but not really the voice, so... <laughs> Glad to have somebody like you take over it. I think you've done an excellent job this past year with it, and I, I hope to uh, see a couple more years. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's been a been a lot of fun, and for me, I mean, it's just great to meet all these different people. Of course, you're on the core team, so you know Jameis and David and Technoweenie and whoever. Anyway, but you know, for me, it's I wouldn't meet these people otherwise, and so it's it's fun to talk to them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I told uh, Scott. Raymond, uh, who works on Blink Sale, I told him it's almost like a whole bunch of one-night stands. You know, you talk to these people for 30 minutes, and you have a great time, and then you never see them ever again. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Well, you've written a couple popular plugins, Axis State Machine, even a couple days ago on IRC, somebody was asking about that and, and using that. Do you intend to develop it anymore, or do you feel like it's complete as is and bug free and it does what it needs to do. I'm not actually using it in a current project. I did use it in mailroom. 
I still get uh, inquiries and patches. The other day I applied a patch from Steve Purcell, which he did kind of a really nice refactoring of the internals of it. About a month ago, Rick Olson sent a patch that uh, wraps the uh, calculate methods that were added to Active Record, and I just finally got around to adding that the other day. So apparently several people use it, which is great. Um, and I get some feedback, but uh, I haven't really heard anything negative about it, so I guess it mostly works. Well, I like the the syntax is just nice, and it's like a person tries to solve different problems, and then sometimes a a tool, a concept like that, which is, of course, well-established in computer science, just really fits the bill and makes it, does the things that we like about Ruby, which is great syntax to solve a difficult problem, and it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Another thing that is probably not in much use, but a couple six months ago or something, you were working on CSS Builder that would basically be Ruby syntax to replace and generate CSS. I talked to Jim Ryrick, and he said that's still in the XML Builder trunk, but uh, can we look for that? Is that going to be the replacement for CSS just like we have for JavaScript and, of course, HTML? Yeah, I don't know if it'll be the replacement. Um, I do want to get around to kind of finishing it. I, I asked Jim to hold it out from the releases because it's not really quite done yet. But that was something that I did just to kind of see if I could do it. I was sitting there looking at some CSS one day and I said, well, you know, this kind of looks almost like Ruby syntax. I wonder if I could, you know, get it close enough. And it didn't really arise out of something that I actually needed. So it's kind of fallen behind a little bit. It's kind of on the back burner. I I would like to go in and polish it up if nothing else, just because it's sitting in Jim Wyrick's repository and, you know, kind of embarrassing to be working on a project with Jim and fall short there. But when I did the original post on uh, the Lunchroom blog about it, it seemed kind of about divided about 50-50. Some people were like, yeah, this is a really good idea, and some people were like, you know, this is kind of worthless. Why would you do that? So I don't know if it if something like that is really needed or, or if it'll really take off or not. And definitely a person could just use the regular RHTML templates or mm-hmm. and generate JavaScript, uh, what is it, CSS, throw, throw some tags in there. It seems like the biggest thing about CSS is just there are no variables, so if I have a color that's used throughout, right. I'm going to repeat that color 50 times, and having some kind of Ruby wrapper around that seems like it would clean that up and make that easier to maintain. Yeah, I think that would be the most useful part and then just provide a cleaner syntax rather than having like ERB or, or something which gets kind of ugly after a while. So, uh, I don't know, we'll see. One of these days I'm going to try to get some time to go in there and polish it off. Up until a couple months ago, you were an avid blogger. People enjoyed the lunchbox, the lunchroom of lunchbox software, but that's kind of gone silent for a while. I think one of the last ones there motivated me to try to learn the Dvorak keyboard layout. Of course, it's a lot of work to maintain a blog and come up with something interesting that's also legal to to reveal what you're working on or what what happened. Do you think blogging is still valuable or does it take too much time or are there other things that are a, a bigger benefit for you and your business? I, I think it's definitely still valuable. I still spend a lot of time each day reviewing my feeds and reading other people's blogs. Um, it does take a lot of time to produce content. Um, I've just been 
you know, fairly busy lately and I don't know, kind of ran out of things to say. You know, when you put up a blog, it's kind of, you're kind of expected that uh, you're going to produce content fairly regularly. It's just um, I don't know, a, a difficult thing to do to produce good content regularly. Um, I'm trying to get back into it a little bit. I've put my Rubius domain. I've got that set up with uh, Radiant CMS. I'm starting to add pad- pages about uh, my plugins and whatnot. And maybe I'll do a couple blog-style posts every now and then. But um, I don't think I want to go back to doing a, a full-fledged blog just because I don't want to have to meet that expectation of producing content. And that's a good idea to use something like a CMS like Radiant because then it can be more of just a series of articles. If there's one every other month, who cares? It's an article that you thought was useful and, right. and people can read it. Exactly. And it, it just has more of a, uh, a static feel. Whereas a blog, it kind of seems like you know, the stuff could just go away after a while. But with, with something like Radiant or Mephisto, to me, I don't know, it kind of feels more static. Like, I put up this page, and now, you know, that's this page, and that's where it's going to stay. And I don't, I don't know if other readers feel that way, but that's that's kind of the feeling that I get. Oh, good stuff. I'll have to check that out. So it's at Ruby, so uh, Ruby.i.st? Yeah, yeah. It's still, still the idea from the projectionist. They're, they're cool about <laughs> ST domain. Yeah. Well, just for a little uh, community rumors and news what do you think uh what's up with the whole 37 signals and jeff bezos investment thing do you think that's going to affect the development of rails either positively or negatively what's your opinion on that i don't know that it it would really have any effect on rails as a technology at all um it seems to me mostly that this is just a business move by 37 signals um it's going to work out well for their business and that's a good thing Rails, as it becomes larger, is becoming more community-oriented. Maybe if it were actually Amazon that were investing in Rails to use for Amazon, but since it's, it's just Jeff Bezos, his personal investment, then I, I don't see this as a move by 37 Signals to do anything actually for Rails. This is probably just for their business as a company. Um, at best, it would... Uh, you know, better their business, which will allow them to develop better products, which will feed back into Rails. So that that might have a positive effect there, but I don't see that there could be any negative effect, really. At worst, it would just have no effect, which is just fine. And I don't think we were ever worried about this, but uh, at least it means they're going to stay in business for quite a while and have both financial and ideological support to keep them going, which is definitely a good thing. Well, speaking of startups, you work for several different startups. As you talked about Mailroom for... Who did Mailroom? I was just signing up. Sprouted. And now you're working for Joyent, and you had your own business in there a little bit. Is it better to work for a whole bunch of different companies and, and spread your influence throughout or find one company you really like and and trying to stick with a project more long term Uh, i think it it totally depends on a person Um, it's certainly viable either way you can you can go on your own by yourself and be very successful or you can join a young company and be successful or you can join an existing big company and be successful but you've just got to find what works best for you as a, a loan consultant i kind of found myself 
spending more time worrying about things other than writing the code, that's just not really where I want it to be at this point. I just want to write, you know, write code. That's what I love to do. I don't want to be an accountant or a lawyer or public relations or advertiser or anything like that. But some people, that's totally good. Uh, they work very well that way. Uh, there's certainly many opportunities for any any of the the styles. If if you want to work by yourself, there's plenty of work out there. If you want to work for somebody else, there are plenty of people hiring. So yeah, it it just totally depends on what you want to do and how you'd like to work. That's a good point. That's probably where we see a lot of two man teams where one person can promote the business and the other one can just be head down and coding away and producing products. It's definitely a lot of work as a solo freelancer to to fill all those different roles. Yeah, yeah. I think if I ever got back into doing more of the consulting, I would definitely team up with one or two other people. Uh, that seems like a smart move, I think. Going by yourself is kind of difficult, uh, difficult to stay motivated and, and difficult to make the time to do everything that needs to be done because it, it is a lot of work. It's definitely harder to just jump in going solo if if you're very new to the community, I think. But yeah, there's it definitely opens up some opportunities if, if you can get into a technology when it's new and, and kind of stick with it. I, th- I feel I've been pretty lucky that way. I kind of just happened onto Rails, you know, as it was being released. And Were you into Ruby previous to that, or did you find out about it altogether? Um, I, I'd done Ruby in college um, maybe a year or so before Rails. Okay. But just, just a little bit. I was just playing around with it because um, one of my classmates was always going on about how great Ruby was. and uh, So I, I picked it up. I wrote a couple programs with it. But then school and work and everything ate up the rest of my time, and I had to go do and uh, write PHP and all sorts of nasty stuff. So, <laughs> But I was wanting to move back to Ruby from PHP like right as I right before I found Rails. And that's why I found Rails, because I was looking to see what was already available in Ruby, so I didn't have to write anything myself, because I'm kind of lazy like that. And I just saw some some post, I don't even know who it was by, it was buried deep in a Slashdot comment. It was like, you should check out Ruby on Rails. And so I went there and wasn't out yet. So I subscribed to Ruby Talk and just kind of waited for the announcement. It is worth reading all the slash talk, every last slash talk comment. Unless <laughs> well, you I don't, I don't know if I go useful. that far. That can be uh, that can be painful and detrimental <laughs> to your health. I think. I actually think I think um, I was searching Google and it found that comment. Maybe. So searching with Google is good for your business. Yeah, could yeah. be possibly. Well, what what have you learned about Rails recently? Definitely being one who contributes code to the core, but I, I'm sure there's probably some things you still stumble along and either say, oh, that's an interesting implementation or that's a feature I could use. What's something recent in the last couple of months that you think is useful or, or that you're looking forward to using in Rails? Well, I'm really looking forward to all this RESTful stuff and active resource. I think uh, Rick's been really hacking on active resource while David's on vacation and he's doing some good stuff with it. I'm really anxious to see what comes out of that uh, and seeing the simply restful stuff eventually move into core I think that's going to be the next big thing probably one of the biggest things uh, that we've brought to Rails 
since maybe named routes, which to me is the greatest thing ever. But yeah, I think the RESTful stuff is going to be really great. For me, a lot of that came out, especially the active resource came out during the Rails conference keynote. And I have to admit, I wasn't really paying much attention. I was excited about the whole Armageddon thing where you have a little flash widget on the page that keeps the socket back to the server and then you can push data back to the page. That had been mentioned a couple uh, months earlier and I was looking forward for him to talk about that. And then he didn't mention that at all. But as I've read up on some of this stuff afterwards, it does seem like a lot of that could be very useful. Scott Raymond wrote a short article about how he refactored an entire app to use a lot more of the Simply Restful and the CRUD-like actions and just reduced a lot of a lot of his code. So that does seem like it could be useful. For me, the, part of the aesthetics, and maybe this reveals my inclinations as a, a Ruby developer, but, you know, throwing the semicolon and some kind of action on the end of all the URLs seems to make the make them a little bit ugly. Are you worried about that, or is that just kind of a necessary evil since browsers can't handle the whole range of REST? Well, it would be nice if eventually browsers can handle it, but uh, as, as for the, the beauty in that URL, it it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, I think it's still a lot better looking than some of the URLs I used to have when I wrote PHP, which were just nasty. For me, I'm more concerned with the beauty of the code that I have to write for the application. So Rails inside can do some ugly things, and that's okay with me, and URL can maybe be a little ugly, and I, I don't have too much problem with that. But uh, if, it, if it makes the code that I write that much more beautiful and, and smaller, easier to write and maintain, then a little give and take there. I can accept it. Right. Uh, a couple months ago when the first when a new redesign of the Rails site went up, someone said, well, all the members of the core team seem to be pouting artsy wankers. <laughs> Yeah, you've uh, embraced that a little bit. Do you have any advice for aspiring members of the Rails community who want to fit the image? Uh, yeah, that was a that was actually a very a, a great post. I love go back and read that. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. In one of the comments, I think he went and named off the rest of us. Oh. I'm not sure which one I I was. I, I might have been the serial killer. I don't know. Oh, everybody yeah. got a got a little description. Yeah, it seemed like he like the ones that weren't. Uh, photographed in the main post was uh, seems like he went through somebody went through and and assigned names to the rest of us. It was pretty funny. Why well, do you enjoy the humor in the Ruby community? It's like when there's something people could potentially take as criticism, people turn it around and and laugh at it, and it's entertaining. Yeah, I think Ruby has a great community that way. Uh, there's not a whole lot of bickering or trolling or or anything like that. It's all Everybody's just kind of having a good time. It's really great. This has been the Ruby on Rails podcast. Transcripts courtesy of imapenguin.com. Closing music by Why Lucky Stiff. Audio equipment by Samson Audio. Chunky Bacon! Chunky Bacon!